Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit ilovescbc.org. Good morning. Good morning. So how's everybody doing? Great. All right. Well, I'm really excited to share the Word of God today because I believe, I believe that God is going to speak into your life in a very powerful, powerful way. Um, we've been in this uh, middle of the series called The Ruth, The Romance of Redemption. And we've been studying this book of Ruth. And we see this book of Ruth as romance. It's one of the most beautiful love stories, as I've been telling you, that you don't have to bring your girlfriend or your wife to you know, a movie. This is <laughs> it. You know, just bring people in and listen to the Word of God and, and also have them read the Word of God. That will do. That will be sufficient for them. But this is not just a love story between one man and woman, okay, boys and Ruth. This is a God's love story. This is a God's love story for you and me. I mean, last two weeks we talked about this introduction of the book of Ruth, and also we covered the chapter one. You know, and I said it's really important to understand when this book of Ruth was taking place. The timing, right? I said it, it was taking place about 3,000 years ago and about 1,000 years ago before Jesus Christ was born. During time of Jesus, where people are seeking their own things, things that are pleasing their eyes. Bible says wherever they are seek to fit their eyes. And then also this was the time they were just worshiping so many different gods. They were just indulged in this all sexual immorality. Worst time in the history of Israel, and perhaps one of the worst times in the history of human beings. Wicked and simple. And in the midst of the worst time, the God's love story started. Can you imagine that? God, who was full of wrath at the time, just gave them judgment and then also punishment. But that's not it. On the other side, God used the story of Ruth start preparing about, even though I don't like you, I hate you for what you have done, there is a covenant of God. If you are not following me, there will be the judgment and punishment. But there is another part of me that is also grace and mercy. And that's how this book of rules began. We talk about that from last week, the first chapter. The message was what? Everything seems to be going apart. Everything that seems to be going wrong, you know, that is also part of our plan in the God. Some of the people that believe that when we believe Jesus Christ, we all have this prosperity gospel. Everything will be taken care of. Money and health in your family. No, Luke chapter 1 told us, gave us great assurance, even though you are the follower of Jesus Christ, the reality of life is this. You are going to be having difficult times. That's why I entitled last Sunday's message, Everything, When Everything is Going Wrong. Right? But that's not it. As a servant of God and children of our Lord Jesus Christ, God using this worst possible circumstance, tragic after another tragic, sorrow after another sorrow, God has the power to use all your tragedy, your sorrow, and your pain to be able to set up, okay, for the great triumph story, for His plan and fulfillment of His plan. So that's what we talk about last Sunday. And today, 
I want to talk about the subject of providence of God. The subject of providence of God. And I entitled today's message, Nothing Just Happened. Amen. Nothing Just Happened. Now, how many of you believe that in God's dictionary, there's no such a word as coincidence, right? Some people said, oh, what? This so, so, so happened. I don't know how and why, but this just happened to my life. We call it coincidence. But we as a believer of Jesus Christ, that we know there is no such a word as coincidence. We think about evolutionists, for example. What they're claiming, what they're arguing is this. There it just happened to be the great explosion, right? The Big Bang Theory that created this whole earth, right? And I believe that is kind of excuse for them because they do not know the cause. They do not know, they do not have any explanation for that. Let's say if you are struggling with your cancer, you want to see doctor, and doctor was surprised to tell you that your cancer is gone. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I just say probably just so happened. But in terms of our Lord Jesus Christ and the believer, we as a Jesus Christ and Christian, there is nothing, nothing just happened. We call them providence and providence of God. And somebody said this, and I call, can read it all together. Providence is an intersection of God's sovereignty and God's goodness. Providence is God's work in the seemingly coincidental events in our lives. I really like this phrase. Providence of God is the intersection of God's sovereignty, meaning there is God's power, mighty power at place. But in the meantime, there's also goodness of God. Okay? Bible teaches that God is not only sovereign and controlling all things at all times, but it's actually programming and guiding events in according to the will of God and His eternal purpose. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says this, He works all things after the counsel of His will. Nothing just happened by accident. Nothing just happened by pure chance. What appears to be merely fortunate or misfortunate circumstances are really the outworking of God's greater plan. And that's what we hope to really see and study from this book of Luke and chapter 2. Okay? So are you guys ready? Alright, let's just jump and dive into this chapter. Oh, by the way, I'm just going to share this with you. Uh, this is another way of telling us about the providence of God, I do believe, okay? Uh, where the 10 things God never says. Oops. <laughs> or what have I done? Or how did I let that happen? Or I made a mistake. There was an accident or I don't know what, I, what to do. Or I'm afraid of what will happen now. Or I can do better than that. What do you think that I should do? Or why didn't I think of that before? That's not in God's dictionary. Okay? That's another way of putting the God's providence. Alright? So that's what we're going to study today. So book of, Acts, a book of Ruth chapter 2. We can read all together. Verse 1 and 2. Now the Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, 
who let me go to the fields and pick up their leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. Now in verse 1, we have this new character being introduced, right? Who is that? His name is Boaz. And what are the things that we can learn about him from this one verse introduction of this new character? He is the relative of Naomi, and he's also the same clan of Naomi is his husband, Elimelech, right? And very importantly, he is, the Bible put, this is an IV version, he Bible put it this way, a man of standing, okay? Um, explaining a man of standing is simply put, he's a man of good standing, which refers his social, economic, religious, and political status. In other words, he's a noble man, godly man, wealthy man, and he is a religious man, spirit-filled and faithful man. So he's been a leader, low in that clan and that community, being highly respected by the community. Okay? We know from this fact that the Ruth and Naomi came to Bethlehem with nothing literally. Now Naomi was telling Ruth, I wanted to actually go out and do something and glean behind anyone whose eyes find the favor. The Ruth was saying that we gotta do something. I gotta go out and glean, which I'm going to explain to you in a couple of minutes. Now in verse third and in verse four, which we can find the providence of God clearly. All right, let's read it all together. So she went out, entered the field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to us, who was from the clan of Elimelech, and just then was arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, the Lord bless you. They answered. So now Ruth was trying to find the field that she can get into and start gleaning. Okay? And the Bible put it this way. I love how author put it this way. As it turned out, that's English translation. I try to find that the closest translation to Hebrew um, will be probably like this. As it's so, 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 so multiple times, probably like hundred. As it so turned out coincidentally, she was working in a field that belongs to Boaz. And the Boaz, just a very and very and very that time, coincidentally, and he arrived to that Field. He's a rich man. I'm sure he has more than one field. It's a busy time. A lot of workers, so he had a lot of place to visit. But author makes sure to put it this way, that it's just so and so and so coincidental work. What he was trying to say is, this is not a coincidence. Nothing just happened. This is God's providence. Amen? Now, this is a God's providence, and we say that God's providence, He has a plan. He's in control. He guides us. But God's providence is also more than He has a plan. He is interacting with us. He used that plan and applied the plan into your life. One commentator put it this way, and we can all read it together. Everything in creation is under the providing care of God. Not only does God supply all of our own things, 
He arranges them according to his plan for his glory. For Christians ought to produce peace and comfort, even when it appears that all is against them. That is the providence of God. God is in charge. Can you get amen? amen? God knows our past and present and future. And not only that, God knows the very best way to get you out of whatever the circumstance that you are in. So from the providence of God, what we have to do, we have to find ourselves the peace and comfort. I believe that God works two big ways. This is how God works in two big ways. First, God works in visible, handled miracle. And second, God also works in invisible hands of God's providence. Now first, God works uh, visibly with his hands of miracle. That we see that, right? This is God working outside of the scene, you know, up front of the scene. He was working predominantly. He was working pre uh, preactively. We see the Bible. Think about this, um, you know, the burning bush that Moses encountered. There is a bush that was burning, but it's not yet consumed. Miracle is right there. Think about it, how God really used the Moses to part the Red Sea. Millions of people was just crossing the sea. Can you imagine that? This great, magnificent scene that because of departing the sea, I'm probably seeing these turtles and whales and fishes just right next to this water, okay? And then the people are kind of passing and crossing. There is also the great, the miracle of God. We can see all things in the book of Joshua. God even stopped the sun, right? To help the Joshua to conquer and that places in the battle. We see a lot of visual hands of miracle, but I believe this is not just God, how it used to work yesterday. God also works the visual hands of miracle today. God works the way that he used to work. I've seen and I've experienced so many miracles in the midst of the sufferings and also people's struggles in their lives. God works in proactive ways and showing you all those miracles. And we love it, right? We pray and there is a God. We pray for money that God somehow just give me and give you the money. We pray for the healing of our body and our suffering that God somehow miraculously healed you and your family. Right? We can see it clearly. There's a great evidential fact that we can praise and we love. But on the other hand, there is also invisible hands of God's providence. God somehow, like conductor of orchestra, orchestrating all your sins to fulfill according to his greater will. But the problem is, God's invisible hands of providence, the way that God works in that way, we, we don't really appreciate that, right? Sometimes we're upset with that because that's not usually according to your will. That's not just go along with your plan. A lot of times we pray that we want to see this miracle just popped up and show up and we see that the great miracle and God is amazing. But so many times, brothers and sisters, God not only works visible hands of miracle, but he mainly this works in invisible hands of God's providence, which takes your patience, which takes your understanding, which takes your total surrender heart. To be able to see, to be able to get that miracles. Now, I believe the providence of God is clear in their rearview mirror. Can you get me on that? Amen. A lot of times, the miracles that we see, that's a visible hand, we can see up front. That's praise God that we can see that all is amazing. 
but this providence of God, invisible hands of God, um, is usually clear when we look at um, in the rear view. Do you know when you are in the midst and center of storm, it seems like it's so quiet, right? You have to be outside of the storm to be able to realize how severe and how destructive that storm is. If we are in the midst of the circumstances, we don't see the lead of God. We don't see the, how God is working according to His will. Great example is uh, the way I become a pastor of this church. And I've shared this with you many times. I'll make very, very quick. About six years ago, only oh, seven years ago, time went by so fast. Um, it was my last semester of the, you know, my seminary, and I need to decide to where to serve. Not the same way that Larry just try to figure out. And my guts and my, you know, rash, my, my rational thoughts are telling me that you got to go to Korean church and serve the Korean church. The second generation, you'll be great. You'll be excelled to do that because you are good at perfect in Korean and good at English. And you have great heart. So I, that's what I thought that God's plan was. Right? So I went to see my uncles in New York City because he was the pastor of the mega church, the church size of almost 2,000 congregation. I don't think it was a big deal for him to have me embrace me as part of his staff. And he said yes a while ago. But when I went to him to ask for his help, he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. That really drove me crazy, you know? And he didn't you know, guarantee any promise. He was saying, I'm struggling, you know? I'm dealing with a lot of leadership. Um, he was indirectly saying no. On my way back, I was so disappointed. Not at him. I was so disappointed at God. Lord, I thought that was your plan. But little did I know, because of that incident, I was able to be forced to apply my pastor position in this church and other churches. And I got a pastor position for this church. At the time, I did not know why I got a lot of these things to happen. At the time, I thought that was the end of my career and my life. A little did I know it was God's progress. When I look back on using the rear view mirror, it was so clear. Brothers and sisters, whatever that you're going through right now, there is a providence of God. Amen? There's a God leading you step by step. You may not see, you may not know what's happening because you are in the midst of the story. You are in the midst of the circumstance. You are in the midst of that problems and trials. Make sure to be patient. Continue to put your faith in God because God's plan is greater than whatever that you can imagine. God's plan is a lot better and bigger than whatever that you can think of. There is a providence of God. Now, another, another sign of providence of God is called the gleaning. You know what the gleaning means? It's um, social welfare that's created by God for the poor and for the sojourner or for those who are in need. Book of Leviticus chapter 19 verse 9 clearly says this, When you reap the harvest of your, hand, your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. So when you are harvesting belly, wheat, whatever, the God clearly give them this order that you are not so greedy and just clean up and sweep over. Make sure to leave a little bit on the axis, okay? 
And you don't go to that field twice because that's what it says in, the, in verse 10 of Leviticus chapter 19. If you go to vine, the farm, all this just drop, you know, grapes, and you don't go there and pick them up. Why? Because God has a plan for the poor people. God has a plan for the traveler and then also sojourner who are just happen to be there, who are in need, so that they can have it. So usually what's happening is in the time of harvest, all these harvesters reap those, uh, you know, those, um, those valleys and those wheat, and then followed by all these poor people and sojourners, and grabbing and called gleaning those leftovers. And Luth knew that there is some hope, the preparation by God a while ago. That is the great sign of God's providence. Now, Romans chapter 8, 28 says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. If you understand nothing just happened, you will be able to understand the will of God. If you're able to understand that nothing just happened, then you'll be able to understand and embrace the providence of God. I really like this phrase because we know if you start understanding that nothing just happened, we are able to understand that we know that all things, God works for good. It says all things, that is sometimes good and sometimes bad. If you understand that nothing just happened, then you understand you're messed up, will be the setup. You understand your sit back will be the sign of you come back to the Lord. That's the providence of God. So we can continue. Let's read it all together. The overseer replied, She is a Moabite woman who came back from Moabite and Naomi, with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Now, here we see some character of Ruth here. Now, we saw that the God has blessed her so that she'll be able to somehow be embraced by the community. Still, there are hostiles and prejudice. But Naomi knew that if there is a God's providence, if there is God's providence, there are still our parts arise. Just because God is in control and provides according to His providence, doesn't mean that we should do nothing. Would you agree that? Yes. Naomi knew that there is a providence of God. God will bless her. God will guide her somehow. That doesn't mean that Naomi shouldn't do anything. She didn't just wait and cross her legs and just wondering when God is going to supply her needs and also her mother-in-law's needs. No. She clearly knew that she needed to take a step of faith and then go to the field and work. Bible clearly says that she walked out of her faith. Think about that. There are harvesters, but there are the Israel people, the animals. She was willing to take a step of faith, bold enough to be there in the field, to asking for help. She could be mocked. She could be ridiculed. Worst possible comes, she could be raped there in the field. But she knew there's a providence of God. But that doesn't mean that she just sit back at home being couch potato and doing nothing. No. If there's a present progress of God, there is our parts. Amen? Just because God is in control and provides according to His providence 
doesn't mean that we should do nothing. Think about that. We believe that God's providence is with us. That we ask for and pray for money that you need to pay off your utility bill, pay off your mortgage, pay off your rent. But God is telling you, I'm not going to give you that. But I give you a job. I give you people that will kind of help you out to get out of that. I'll introduce you to people that you kind of strengthen out your financials. While we pray for the healings of our body, for the people, those who are struggling, God will say, I'll prepare this stage and set up the ministry so that your sickness and your suffering, your pain will be used to extend the kingdom of God. Okay? If you are struggling with your problems, relationship, perhaps with your husband and wife, son and daughter and parents, don't just pray. Don't just pray the providence of God will be upon you. There is a praying providence of God upon you and wishing it, but also there is your work. Make sure that you go and find the counselors to resolve the problem. Make sure that you have somebody that you can accountable. If you're struggling with any type of sins, make sure that you have your mentor, not just only praying. Make sure that you are in need of money. Don't just pray that you will hit the glory. Make sure that you will be finding diligently for the work or the opportunity that will help you out. That is a balance. That's what Luther did. And let's talk about the, you know, the character of Boaz quickly. Luke, Luke chapter 2 verse 8. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. And don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting. And following along after the women, I have told the man not to lay hand on you. And, what, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. Think about Boaz. Now, Boaz asked, who is this woman to the overseer that particular field? And this overseer said, she's a Moabite. Well, well, you know, Ruth, I mean, Boaz already heard about what Ruth did to Naomi. And this is the statement that Boaz making. Simply put, I will protect you. I will guide you. Not only that, I will guarantee you for your protection. And you can even come into the circle of my workers. Because they are just poor people. They don't get into that circle. But Boaz allowed her to do that. You know what they really be um, in taking? What kind of the problem that he will be into that? As he was making that announcement. He is a worthy and godly man. And think about that. He's also a man in standing. He has a lot to lose. By contacting a lot of this Moabite woman in his circle, inner circle, his reputation will drop down, right? Perhaps he may not be recognized that the respectful leader anymore. But I believe this is what Boaz did. He's a man of God, a righteous man. While other people look at Luth the Moabite woman with the lens of their culture and society, why? When they look at the lens of social society, she's an enemy. She's like God. I have every single reason that she can be treated even to death. But when Boaz, spirit-filled man of God, righteous man of God, look at her with the lens of God, she was able to, he was able to see the true character that is inside in Ruth. And he was willing to 
defend her. He was willing to support her. He was willing to protect her, even to the point that he would be risking his authority and his power. And I believe that's the lesson that we can learn in our lives. You know, when we look on other people, I'm going to ask you to not to look at other people with the lens of this culture says. This culture says, you got to look after you. you got to look after your family. you got to only look at you. Individualistic community. But the lens of God says, no, you got to look around and look for others. you got to look after your neighbor, toward those who are in need. While this culture and this culture and also society lens tells you about getting more and more and more stuff fulfill you, the lens of God is telling you, no, sometimes giving things away. Amen. Giving things away will be giving you more satisfaction and contentment. Man of God and righteous man, who was willing to take risk of losing perhaps even everything by protecting this Moabite woman, Ruth. Okay? And then the rest is the history. Because if you take a look at the rest of the verses, you will find how Boabite and how Boaz really liked her. And this love story begins that she, uh, he invited her to come right next to him. And this great love story, lonely story about this you know, bread and vinegar, right? Probably the boys probably giving this bread, you know, the robe of bread to Nuth and also, also vinegar. Hey, miss, would you like to just try with this bread and vinegar? It reminds me of this cheesecake factory because they have the best bread and, you know, or oil and vinegar, right? And that's a love story, and he really liked her to the point. Now, ask his workers and overseer, give her permission of not just cleaning, not just grab these leftovers. You can have just harvest whatever there. And he even actually went farther to take the bundles that he already harvested with his workers and gave and throw some of them to Ruth. This is a result. Ruth gleaned in the field until evening, then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about alpha. You know what the alpha weighs? Um, it's about four and a half or five gallons. That is equivalent to about 30, 40 pounds of valley and grain. This is actually one pound of valley. Um, scholars believe that this is about the probably valley that the walkers will get for a whole day of work. But on the other hand, Luz was getting how much? Let's say 40 pounds. She's a strong woman. She was, she was able to get this 40 pounds of valley and dragging and bringing to the Naomi. I'm sure this 40 pounds of valley will enough to be used for weeks for just two of, you know, with a woman. Think about that. When she walked out of her faith, trusting God's providence, and continue to work upon it, okay? Trusting and praying God's providence is one thing, but there's another that she act upon her faith. And there is a great reverse. There is a great reverse. Brothers and sisters, I want to actually stop here because there's another very important lessons about kinsman redeemer and how Ruth is going to deliver this great story to Naomi. And she was so thrilled to have this whole grain, but didn't she know, I mean, literally she know that there's another greater part because the, the person that she was going to, that she had it, was Boaz. 
the kinsman leaders, is in his clan. Okay? So we're going to take a look at that, how God continued to bless this Ruth because of her faith and because of her faithful action in chapter 3. Let's pray. God of our providence, Lord, we trust you, Lord, and know that there is a providence of you. You have a plan, and you guided us, Heavenly Father. You make our path strength and happening, Lord. But on the other hand, that there is also that our part that we have to do, Lord, that we have to follow, that we have to pursue. Help us always be mindful and genuine as we continue to seek out your providence. But Lord, help us always be attentive that there is action that follows me. And that way, one day, when we take a look at through this mirror, in a rear view mirror, that we'll be able to see your amazing and your beautiful plan that you set up for us. We pray all in our Savior's name. And God's people say, Amen.